there. Welcome to Simple Acts Big Impact, celebrating teen changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing, and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. As we celebrate World Kindness Day on Monday, November 13th, I'm delighted to share this conversation with a young man who has made it his mission to spread kindness. Connor is a 14-year-old high school freshman from Massachusetts who, along with his grandmother, started Connor's Kindness Project, which has distributed over 5,000 kindness kits filled with toys, games, socks, and other comfort items to children in hospitals and shelters all over New England. Connor has also launched kindness clubs in local elementary schools to challenge kids over 4,000 and counting to engage in small acts of kindness. I hope Connor's story encourages everyone to find one simple way to be kind this coming Monday and every day that follows. Welcome back, everybody. I am super excited to introduce you to Connor today. He started something really amazing called Connor's Kindness Project, and he's going to tell us all about it. Hey, Connor, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Super happy to be here. I'm so happy to meet you. This is really great. So start from the beginning here. Tell us how old you are, where you go to school, what grade you're in, all that good stuff. And then um, tell us how you started Connor's Kindness Project and what what it's all about. Yeah, great. So my name is Connor Wright. I'm 14 years old. I'm going to be going into my freshman year next year at Middlesex School in Concord, Massachusetts. And I play hockey. That's my main sport and one of my biggest hobbies. But Obviously, I also have my own nonprofit, Connor's Kindness Project, that we'll be talking about today. At the start of the COVID pandemic, I was noticing that a lot of people were struggling and going through a challenging situation. And when I was younger, I used to, I had a great experience, and my mom and grandmother really pushed me to have a lot of volunteer work and, and be doing great things with the community. So I um, volunteered with various groups, some examples, Cradles to Crayons, Special Olympics, and, and the Jimmy Fund. So I already had that experience and noticing that a lot of people were going through a challenging situation. I went to my grandmother and I'm like, what can we do to help? So we sort of started really small. And at the time, we weren't even a real business. We were just doing, say, one project each month to help to help others. So the first thing that we did was is we delivered COVID care baskets to kids that were stuck quarantining. And that was just our way to help the community. And that was the first thing that we did. And it was really small. We didn't do much, but it was a really great experience. And we decided after that that we wanted to do even more. So we ended up doing some nurses baskets, some work with some other nonprofits. But after that, we sort of evolved into a real business. And my grandmother and I sat down and we were like, is this something that we want to continue and make a real organization and grow hopefully nationally at some point? And I was like, yes, absolutely. I love what I'm doing here. So we ended up founding Connor's Kindness Project. And through that conversation, we ended up coming up with the Kindness Kit. And the Kindness Kit is our signature red box filled with all high quality toys and items. And we deliver those to children in hospitals and shelters all around New England. At this point, we're in 29 locations 
and we've delivered over 5,000 of them at this point. But sort of backtracking here a little bit, how the Kindness Kit got started, actually, to fund our first 250, we actually have a beach house in Northampton and a beach called Place Cove. So I was able to have a, a lemonade stand. I did this twice. And I sold, obviously, lemonade, but snacks and bracelets and, and all sorts of things. I had our kindness kit displayed so people could come by. And we were able to fund 250 kits. We made probably just over $1,000 doing this twice. And I, I still remember that because it was such a great experience. And And actually, at the end of the day, some lady came up to us and she was like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Uh, I listened in and I, I love your project and, and what you're trying to do here. And she actually ended up matching our donation for the day. So I still remember that because that's really how we got started. And I just wanted to share that story. Yeah, no, that's amazing. You know, the truth is that fundraising sounds like a really big thing and it seems really daunting, I think, to any teen, anyone trying to make a difference, start a project. But the truth is a lemonade stand, a bake sale, a car wash, you know, <laughs> I have a whole chapter in my book about just easy ways that teens can fundraise. You're energetic. You have a lot of friends. You're, you know, you're not afraid to ask. You, you, you won't be offended if someone says no. <laughs> you know, I think there is a level of courage and bravery that young people have. And you know you're raising money for a good cause, right? So you don't mind asking. That's amazing. And see, this woman overheard what you were doing. People have resources. They want to share them, but they really need to feel sort of moved by what the person, you know, the one who's doing the asking. And she obviously felt that way with, with your project. Well, I think it's fantastic. So the kindness kits in this red box, they sound amazing. How do you get the items that go inside the box? Do you only do fundraising? Do you maybe get people to donate in kind? Yes. So there's all different ways we're able to get items. Obviously, the big one through grants and, and donations over, the, over a period of time, we were able to buy some of the items with that money. But it's always just finding things at the best cost and and reaching out to somebody, the items we put in our kits and just keep on going and going and trying to find the best prices and the best options for our project. We have a product wish list on Amazon. So people are always able to donate through that and figure out what items we need. We have multiple times in the past, we've had products drives in all different places and we just, it's as simple as putting out a bin, a couple of things that we need and people can drop things in there. But it's always just trying to find what's best for us, I'd say. Well, and, you know, again, you raise a really good point. People are happy to give and to donate as long as they get some direction on exactly what you need and what makes the most sense. And then, you know, as soon as you put that bin out, I find that people just, they kind of rise to the occasion. So tell us a little bit more about where the kits are going. How do you identify the recipients of the kits? So you had to reach out to shelters, to foster care agencies, to hospitals, et cetera. Did you find any pushback from any of those folks? And were people like excited to receive them from you? Do you have any stories about that? Yeah. So when we first started, we were just coming up as, as an organization and nobody really knew who we were. So there was kind of a little pushback, like, what is this? Is it going to be high quality? So our first donations, we ended up reaching out to some of the major Boston hospitals and some shelter, homeless shelters in our areas. And we were able to get in contact with them and they were like, all right, let's see how this goes. Um, so we delivered our kits to them. and 
once they saw what we were doing and saw what was actually in the kit and how high quality actually was, every single place we've delivered to has wanted more and is on a quarterly um, donation schedule with us. So at first I'd say there was a little bit, but, but now there isn't. And we're at the point now where people know our little red box, they call it, and people are reaching out to us. So I feel like at the start we may have had some, but now it's, it's opening up a little bit. Yeah, no, and and you raise an excellent point about the quality of the kits to make sure that they would be appropriate and safe and high quality and that you, you know, take care in putting them together. I talk about this all the time with donating items that your kids make at home and that sort of thing. Quality control is really important, right? So if you're bringing something that you're donating to someone who needs it or who's in the hospital, who's not feeling well, you have to make sure that the quality is really high. It would be something that you would want to receive yourself, right? You don't want to give people something that's sort of messy and not put together well and not high quality. So I think that's, you know, super important. Can you tell us a little bit about the kindness clubs that you've started? Yeah. So the kindness club has been really big for us in in the past year. So last school year, we actually came up with the idea and we reached out to some schools in our area, sort of as a trial run to see how this idea might go. We go into schools. This is how the Kindness Club works. We go into schools. We give the kids a whole assembly. We talk to them and some of the teachers about what this might look like and what the Kindness Club is. We provide them with a list of 20 or 30 acts of kindness for them to complete over a period of time. But we really leave it up to the schools to have some flexibility so they can sort of deal with it and run it themselves because we're not involved every step of the way. And the kids can come up with their own as well. And after, during the assembly, the kids actually take a pledge of kindness, basically promising that they're going to complete the acts and be kind and all sorts of fun things. And it's, it's really a great experience. And then they go from there. And through our kindness club, we've been able to, we've been able to sponsor, I'd say 80,000 acts of kindness at this point. We already have 15 schools committed for next year. And we're looking to get that number in the millions in short term. So it's it's definitely been a great experience and, and grown quite a lot in the past year. Amazing. No, I love that. It's so important to move this into the schools and to, you know, to create programs for kids that where it's easily accessible to them. And this also shows that the teachers and the administration of the school really care about kindness and care about the way that kids are are treating each other, right? And that's what's so important to take this pledge to be kind to one another and to complete those acts of kindness. I think that's just a fantastic concept. Are those mostly, I'm curious, are they public schools or private schools? So far, it's been public schools. And just to be clear, it is elementary school students. Sure. No, it's fantastic. And and frankly, good for you for getting in with the public school system. It's really hard to do that. We have in New York City, where I live, um, there is supposed to be a person in charge for the entire Board of Education on service learning and helping kids in schools to, to do service in the community and to do the work that you're talking about. And it doesn't always get executed, you know, because I think that there are so many other 
competing priorities in public schools, right? Like feeding the kids and teaching them and making sure they can take the test. I think this is such important work. And I'm so glad that you've got schools that are interested in putting the program in place because it's just just to spark that um, initial, you know, interest and to get it that to get the ball rolling is so amazing. And as you said, you don't need to hold their hands through the entire process, but you just give them the tools, some, you know, lists of acts of kindness that they can do. Again, pretty obvious what those might be, but, you know, just providing that information to them and giving them the spark of inspiration, I, I think is just fantastic. So it seems like you have big plans. You really want to scale this. I mean, you're only going to be a freshman in high school. You're going to continue to do this all during high school. Are you recruiting other young people to work with you on it so that, you know, when you go off to college someday, it'll continue without you? Exactly. So, yeah. So, we, right, as of right now, for younger people that are working with me, we do have a, a board of teen ambassadors working with us, and they're sort of great local high school students that we found that have reached out to us looking for something to do in the community. And they help us a lot with packing kits or coming up with new ideas, and, and they're great with, with really everything, and they, they're so open to helping and such great people. So we're sort of looking to do that every year, and as kids graduate and go off to college, new ones will come in. And that's a program that we've established that I feel like will, will definitely help us grow and, and, and stay on the right path. Obviously, I have my grandmother. She's the executive director of Connor's Kindness Project. And she works so hard on our project and, and making sure we're, we're growing and, and doing so good with the community. So she's definitely able to Hopefully she's definitely able to keep doing this and she wants to keep doing this and, and that will definitely help us go while I'm away in, in school and things like that. And then definitely when I graduate, I'm, ob I'm obviously, this is obviously something that, that I'd like to do and, and continue as well. Um, it's just, even while I'm in school, just finding that the time that I may have to do stuff, but definitely anything, anything I can do. It's great. Well, you you know, this is a project that you could take to college, right? I mean, there's there's certainly opportunity on college campuses for people to be kind and to do acts of service for others. And, and you'll find a lot of this in, in different schools and different types of clubs. But wherever you go to school, you can bring this model there. And I am sure it would, it would take off. I also loved what you said about your grandmother, because this is sort of an intergenerational project, which I think is really special. You know, it's something that you both share. And it's... And tremendous role modeling on your parents and your grand grandmother's behalf of, of this is this is how we should operate in the world and this is how we should help other people. It's no coincidence to me. I have found in starting this podcast about a year ago that almost every single project, every single team that I, I've spoken to has either started their project during the, during the pandemic or ramped it up during the pandemic because we were all so desperate to to do something and to do something that mattered and to help other people. So um, I really commend you. This is super wonderful and I can't wait to share it with my listeners. Connor, can you share where folks might be able to learn more, follow you, website, social media, that sort of thing, if they have any questions, if they want to get involved, if they want to donate, um, where can we learn more? Yeah, so I'd say definitely follow us on social media. Um, if you go to our Instagram, Connor's Kindness Project, we have a link tree with everything from there. But if you're looking for more information, looking to contact us or even donate, our website is connorscandishproject.com and you can find everything about our project there as well. So, yeah. 
Amazing. Connor, well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this story with us. You know, I, I get a lot of questions from parents saying, you know, where can my elementary school student, my middle schooler, my young teen volunteer? And those opportunities are very limited. And that really makes me sad because you are proof positive that young people can make a tremendous difference. And I love that your organization is giving young people that opportunity. So thank you so much for sharing this story. I can't wait to amplify it. I'm wishing you the best of luck in school and in your project and all the things. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others. And always, be kind.